<laughs> Rajni, what's wrong? Tom, I have a script and I don't know what to do with it. Should I burn it? Feed it to my cat? You need some writer's group therapy. Hello and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Ready for your session? The doctors are in. So here's an interesting question. When are you ready to be a professional writer? Professional writers, you really have to be ready to put yourself out there and take whatever comes at you. Because not everyone's going to love your writing. So the first thing you have to do is learn how to handle criticism and rejection. Yeah. I've I've been said oh, yeah. no to a lot. Especially if you can't handle it from like friends or family, you know, just like people who like know you, if you can't handle it from them, then you're not going to be able to handle it from like producers or editors or you know what I right. mean. Right. Our friends and family, they want us to be they want to be supportive and they want to be our biggest fans and cheerleaders, so they're they're going to be nicer than the industry is going to be to us when you go out into the industry. So, yeah. And even in our writing group, I feel like people want to be friendly and polite. And, and I actually would really like for people to be as critical as possible because without that criticism, you're not going to improve. So, yeah, some, some people can handle it. I've, I've had requests from some people who are like, you know, I'd like it a little harsher, please. Um, I think in our, in our group, we kind of gauge, where are they on the spectrum? How much can they handle? But I feel like I'm pretty mean. I'm like the grammar Nazi. I'm the grammar police. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, that period's in the wrong place. Like, So I feel like I'm really, really mean. I start off pretty um, mellow when I'm reading other people's stuff. I give them a lot of leeway. But then as our discussions and our mm-hmm. writer's group go on and on, I start to think about things deeper. And it's uh, especially with you, you know, you really bring out a lot of good um, uh, under what do you call it, like subtext questions and stuff that that I don't always catch. So it really does help me be more critical of other people um, by listening to other people, how other people review other people's work or my work. So it makes me want to be a better better, um, critique, I guess, give a better critique so that they can improve and then be able to understand what people are saying when they critique my work. Yeah, and the best writers, and I've, I've noticed this with all the writers in our group, when you give them feedback, they say, thank you. You know, they can handle it. They're cool about it because they want that kind of, please, you know, don't hold it back. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. Tell me what doesn't work kind of thing, which is good. It means they're, they're ready. We're all ready. Yay. Hire us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, and oh. you know, when, oh, I'm sorry. When you're in the, re- the writing process and you, then you go back and rewrite it and then you come back with it again and you get different notes and then it keeps changing and keeps getting better each time. But it can be frustrating because you think after you've gotten notes from one person or one group and then you make all the changes, it should be perfect. But it's never perfect. You're always going to be improving. No. And I've done 12 no. rewrites on some of yeah. my scripts and it just keeps getting better. Even though you think after you finish a rewrite, like, wow, this is great now. You keep learning, you keep growing, and, and becoming a better writer through that criticism. And you and you have to be able, as a, as a professional writer, to let it go. Because, honestly, even after it's quote-unquote finished, and you send it out and it's sold, it could change in, um, in filming, 
It could change in editing. It won't look the same. You'll be like, oh, I don't remember that line. I don't remember that scene because they'll, they'll rearrange things maybe on set organically. They're like, oh my gosh, this would be so much funnier and it'll change. Yeah, we so have- you have to be able to separate yourself from the product because it's not, it's, it's fluid. Everything's fluid. Yeah, we had that happen with uh, both uh, synesthesia and reclamation when we did it. And I think we did on spouse switch as well, um, where mm-hmm. in the moment things changed on set and it became different from what you envisioned, but you kind of trust your director and your actors to, to make it work, and it really did. And while I might not have agreed with it at the time, you know, we can't look at synesthesia's you know, 25-plus official selections and, and really complain with it because it worked. So yeah. And in fact, Spouse, which is a really good example, because uh, so that was a comedy parody that I had written. And a lot of that ended up being improv on set. I think that's like 50% improv was the final product. And it worked. Yeah. And you so. got to be fluid and go with that. And, and that's where you put on different hats, too, because as a professional writer, um, you're responsible for the script. But then in the production process, if you know, in our case, we were involved as producers and actors in, 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 in some ways. You have to be able to switch hats and say, okay, I can't just go back and say that's not in the script. It's like what's going to work and work with my my partners in this project to make it as good as possible. And uh, that's why we talk about being a producer and being uh, Mm -hmm. and even like you you recommended for me to go take an acting class because then it helps me understand what's going to happen in the actual process of bringing that page to life. Yeah, yeah. And I think also kind of going back to the criticism thing, you can also handle rejection because you are going to be knocking on a lot of doors. People are going to say no more often than they say yes. And when they turn you down, you're not always going to get feedback about why your work was rejected. So you just have to keep believing in what you're doing and move forward. You know, you get no from one instead of crying about it. You're just like, okay, that was a no for now. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. I submitted a lot of scripts through uh, various websites and, and, and people and basically have gotten emails with one sentence that says, sorry, this isn't what we're looking for right now. And it doesn't explain why they didn't like it. It just says it's not what they wanted. And you kind of have to take that and say, okay, I'm just going to keep submitting it to other people. Yeah. Now, if you do get feedback, that's great. Um, and what, you know, we're talking about criticism. You know, If someone's willing to take the time to give you notes and criticism, that's actually a good thing because they think that, that it's worth their time to give you that feedback so that you can go back and improve it. But if they say no, you got to live with that and move on. It's not, your your script's not going to, you know, click with everybody. So, yeah. And actually kind of piggybacking, we had a guest speaker recently, a lawyer. And one of the things she said that I loved was be an idea factory, you know? So you might be shopping this, you know, one script and you're like, this is the best script ever, but you know, a hundred people reject it. It's okay. You should have something, five somethings in your pocket. So if they don't like, script A, you've got B, C, D, E, you know, on down the line, because maybe that one idea doesn't work. I'm trying to remember, I think, oh, it was La La Land. I remember hearing a story. I think he wrote La La Land, um, Damien Chappelle, before he wrote Whiplash. And everyone's Ah. like, I'm not doing a musical. Are you kidding? This is ridiculous. It's never going to go anywhere. He did Whiplash, number two. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And suddenly he had clout to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, I've got scripts that I've written years ago that, uh, well, my my TV pilot that was in the PlayStation contest recently, um, I hadn't looked at that in six years, and it, it was selected as a finalist in the contest. So you never know. So you have to have a backlog of ideas. They're all good ideas. Their time may just not come until later 
when it's more appropriate, you know. You might yeah. if you're if you're writing things yeah. that are quote unquote ahead of your time, uh it may eventually come around and and be the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Everything comes and goes. It's like uh certain things are in vogue at certain times. You know, vampires and werewolves a couple years ago, let it let it simmer down. Give it 20 years, it's going to be hot topics again, you know what I mean? It's it's silly how it is, but mm-hmm. that's how it is, you know. And over yeah. And over the years, you just keep learning. And, uh, you know, like I've, I've always said, comedy to me is really hard. Uh, if I ever really want to do a real comedy, you know, I probably want to want to talk to some people who had a lot of experience in that and collaborate even. You know, as a, as a writer, you have to be able to work with people both in the writing process and the producing process. So yeah. um, that's a good way to, to expand your skills and, and your your abilities is to, to take, you know, either classes or work with other people or people like a mentor or a peer group. Yeah. I mean, you really do never stop learning because trends change, the business changes, you know, how you break into the business changes. Everyone has a different path. I mean, what worked 20 years ago isn't going to be, you know, in vogue now. So yeah, you, you just have to be on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And also, you need to network. Um, writers are notoriously introverted. Uh, we like to write usually alone and then just give our work to somebody else to critique or go produce. But in this business, um, I've learned being here in L.A. that you really need to get out of your comfort zone. And and unless you have an agent or a manager who's going to go out and you know pitch you to other people and pitch your work to others, other rep- you know, represent you, you need to be your own rep and you have to be able to go out and talk to people and get them excited about your work. Yeah, and uh, even then, when you're a new, even a new then writer. if you have an agent or a manager, you still have to pitch yourself. Because a lot sure. of times now, it's all on you. You are you are your own product, and you are your own agent. They can only get you so far in that respect. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? When did you learn you were ready to be a pro writer? Or are you still looking for those signs? What are some signs in your life that you know you're ready to hit the big leagues? Tweet your thoughts to us at WG Therapy and check us out online at writersgrouptherapy.com. We'll also have show notes up there for today's episode. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with your friends. See you next week.